Hello, this is Deeksha from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 8th of February. India reported more than 11,800 COVID-19 cases this morning and the total COVID tally remained at the 1.08 crore or 10.8 million mark. 84 fresh fatalities were recorded in the last 24 hours while the nationwide death toll crossed 1,55,000. More than 58 lakh health and frontline workers have been vaccinated so far under the country-wide vaccination drive. Of this, more than 30,000 were administered the vaccine in the last 24 hours. The Union Health Ministry said yesterday that India stood third in terms of the number of people vaccinated. The United States and the United Kingdom had the top two spots. Meanwhile, India sent vaccines to Barbados and Dominica today. Afghanistan also received 50,000 doses of the Covishield vaccine from India yesterday. Union Home Minister Amit Shah said that India was ready to fulfill 70% of the global requirement by exporting doses to 14 countries. In Kerala, as many as 187 students and 75 staffers from two schools in the Mallapuram district tested positive today for COVID-19. The deputy medical officer of the district told News Minute that large-scale testing was done after a teacher and a student contracted the infection. Rescue operations were underway in Uttarakhand's Chamoli district today, where a glacier burst yesterday, causing sudden and massive flooding. The Uttarakhand Directorate General of Police said today that 19 bodies have been recovered so far. The Director General of the National Disaster Response Force said that the rescue operation is underway in a 2.5 kilometer long tunnel. He explained that the rescue teams were facing problems owing to the debris which is gradually being cleared. He said that 153 people are missing and 40 to 50 of them are stuck in the tunnel. He added that the rescue operation could take 24 to 48 hours to complete. The glacier burst took place upstream of the Rishi Ganga power project which was completely swept away. The Tapovan power project was damaged as well. Uttarakhand Chief Minister Trivendra Singh Rawat visited the site this morning to take stock of the situation. He said that relief materials are being delivered to the affected villages. Rawat said at a press conference last evening that the number of missing people might increase. He also declared rupees 4 lakh financial assistance each for families who lost members in the calamity. Ranjit Rath, the Director General of the Geological Survey of India, said that initial assessments have suggested that the flooding was caused due to a glacial carving at the highest altitude in two rivers. He added that it was still too early to predict the exact cause of the incident. The Hindustan Times meanwhile quoted Professor Atul Kulkarni of the Indian Institute of Science, who said that the disaster was a classic case of climate change. Thousands of farmers have been camping on the borders of Delhi protesting against the center's farm laws for over 2 months now. 10 rounds of talks between the government and the farmer groups so far have failed to resolve the deadlock. Ahead of Prime Minister Narendra Modi's speech in the Rajya Sabha today, farmer leader Rakesh Tikhet had reiterated last evening that protesters will not go back until the three agriculture laws are withdrawn. In his address in the Rajya Sabha today, the Prime Minister said that all earlier governments have stood for agricultural reforms. He asserted that the minimum support price regime will remain and the new laws will only improve the state of mandis or wholesale markets. He said and I quote, MSP was there, MSP is there and MSP will remain in the future. Affordable ration for the poor will continue and mandis will be modernized. Unquote. He added that people needed to give the agricultural reforms a chance. In a jibe at the continuing protests, the Prime Minister said that a section of the protesters are quote-unquote Andolan Jeevi, meaning those who live on protests. He said that the nation has to be aware of such people and protect itself from them. 
hinting at the recent tweets by international personalities in support of the farmer's agitation, Modi coined a new acronym. He said, and I quote again, The nation is making progress and we are talking about FDI, meaning foreign direct investment. But I see that a new FDI has come to the fore. This has to be discouraged. It is called foreign destructive ideology, unquote. In an appeal to the farmers of the state of Punjab, which is at the forefront of the protest, the Prime Minister spoke about the contribution of Sikhs and Punjab towards the nation. He also hailed the country as the mother of democracy, adding that the youth of the country must realise the value of this aspect of India. Meanwhile, another farmer died yesterday at the Tikri border protest site. The 52-year-old farmer from Haryana's Jind was found dead in his tent last morning and police suspected it to be a case of suicide. The police said that Karambir Singh was found hanging from a tree in a park a few metres from his tent. A purported suicide note was recovered by the police in which Singh criticised the centre for not meeting the farmer's demands. In another incident related to the farmer's agitation, the family of jailed activist Naudeep Kaur has said that they will move to the High Court of Punjab and Haryana for her release. Kaur has been in custody for nearly a month for protesting against the contentious farm laws. She was denied bail on Wednesday by a sessions court in Haryana's Sonipat. Kaur, who is a member of the Mazdoor Kisan Adhikar Sangathan or MAS, was arrested on January 12th. She participated in the farm law protest at Delhi's borders and was charged with the offence of attempt of murder as well as the offence of extortion. Kaur's sister Rajveer alleged that the former was assaulted in police custody. She added that Kaur was a part of the protest at Singhu and was fighting for labourers to get regular wages. Advocate Amit Srivastav, who has been working with Kaur's family, also alleged that the activist was beaten up by the police at the station. The police, on the other hand, denied all allegations. They alleged that Kaur and other members of the MAS were trying to break into a factory in Kundli for the purpose of extortion. The police further alleged that when they tried to mediate, members of the MAS attacked them, which led to seven officers sustaining injuries. Kaur's arrest and alleged assault drew attention from Mina Harris, the niece of United States Vice President Kamala Harris, on Saturday. Mina tweeted, and I quote, Weird to see a photo of yourself being burnt by an extremist mob, but imagine what they would do if we lived in India. I'll tell you. 23-year-old labour activist Naudeep Kaur was arrested, tortured and sexually assaulted in the police custody. She had been detained without bail for over 20 days, unquote. Dear listeners, at a time when activists and journalists are being detained, arrested and even assaulted, the attempts to curb independent voices are clearer than ever. For those of you who follow Hindi, News Laundry's Atul Chaurasia recently interviewed freelance journalist and caravan contributor Mandeep Punia. Punia was arrested and allegedly assaulted at the Singhu border by the Delhi police for filming a video of a local resident purportedly being misbehaved with. Punia narrated his ordeal of being arrested and assaulted for doing his job. You can catch the full interview on our website newslaundry.com or our YouTube channel. It is titled Mandeep Punia Ki Zubani, Yatna, Bhai or Asmanjas Ki Raat. Listeners, at a time when independent voices are under threat in the country, independent news platforms like us need your support the most. As you may already know, we are a 100% ad-free platform and we don't push agendas or vested interests of the government or corporates. So if you aren't a subscriber already, head over to newslaundry.com today and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. Lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. The father of a teenager from Kashmir's Pulwama district who was shot in an alleged fake encounter in December has been booked by Jammu and Kashmir police under the stringent Unlawful Activities Prevention Act or UAPA. The digital news platform Kashmirwala reported yesterday 
that according to the police, Mustaq Wani and seven other Pulwama residents allegedly organized illegal processions as a part of a criminal conspiracy. Wani is the father of the teenager who was killed along with two others in an alleged encounter in Srinagar in December. Besides the father, the FIR also names two uncles of the minor. A police officer told the news platform that the three were booked under sections of writing, wrongful restraint and provocation with intent to cause riot. They were also charged under Section 13 of the UAPA. Vani and other relatives of the teenager have alleged that the boy and two others were killed by the military in a fake gun battle. The police, however, have denied this, claiming that all three had links to militants. According to the report, the families of the three have been holding processions and demanding the return of the bodies. A police officer told The Wire that Vani had taken out a rally on February 5th after the Friday prayers to demand the return of the mortal remains of his son. Dear listeners, if you follow the news closely, you might have recently heard of several activists and individuals being booked under the UAPA. Unlike under normal circumstances, the stringent provisions of the UAPA leave persons booked under it without legal recourse and often even basic fundamental rights. In his thorough explainer on newslaundry.com, Meghnad S. explains how the anti-terrorism law is draconian and often gets misused by successive governments. The explainer video is titled, Explained, Why is UAPA a Draconian Law? Dear listeners, please consider this a trigger warning as the following news story contains graphic instances of physical violence. In Kerala, a 30-year-old woman was arrested yesterday in the Pallakkar district for allegedly killing her 6-year-old son. The reason for the crime cited by her in her confession to the police was that she wanted to please God. The police quoted the FIR and said that Shahida, a madrasa teacher, slit the throat of her third son to win the favour of Allah. The police added that what is mentioned in the FIR is what the mother told the police control room. The emergency control room in Pallakkar police station received a call from Shahida between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. yesterday. When police officials reached her house, she was waiting for them at the gate. Officials said that they found her son in the bathroom with his throat slit. She has been charged for murder and the investigation is underway. Now for an international COVID update. Globally, COVID-19 has infected more than 106 million people so far, while over 2.3 million people have succumbed to it. Global recoveries from the virus surged to 59 million today. The United States, meanwhile, crossed 27 million COVID cases. The country, which is the worst affected in the world, has also recorded more than 4 lakh deaths. A World Health Organization panel today scheduled a meeting to discuss the concerns over the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine. The meeting comes after South Africa halting the rollout of the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine yesterday. BBC reported that the rollout was stopped after a study showed that the vaccine provided minimal protection against the new mutant strain of COVID-19. Scientists estimate that the new strain accounts for 90% of the coronavirus cases in South Africa. The health minister of Africa said yesterday that the halting of the vaccine was a temporary issue. He added that 1.5 million AstraZeneca doses were obtained by South Africa, which will expire in April, will be kept until scientists give clear indications on their use. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.